Welcome, 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 girls and boys, nerds and geeks, to another all-new episode of geek to me Radio. Today we are joined by Ross Pearsall of BraveAndBoldLost.blogspot.com, talking about all those cool comic book covers. We're going to have the guys from Toner Low Network on, and Casey Walsh from the Geeks Worldwide joins us later on. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And as the song says, you got to catch them all. Pokemon Go just had that new uh, download upgrade. So all the Johto League Pokemon are now available. I was just about caught up. I was like five missing, and now I've got another 200 I got to find. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for some place here in the area that's good to find those, HistoricStCharles.com. We're very, very proud to have Historic St. Charles as the premier sponsor of geek to me Radio. And it's someplace fantastic in the St. Louis area. And if you're a Pokemon player, they got Pokestops all over the place. Load up on your stuff. Go down. You can find all sorts of the crazy ones you're looking for. I think I got a Smoochum down there a couple days ago. And that's the Pokemon, folks. I wasn't doing anything untoward. So don't get that idea in your head. But in addition, that keeps, you know, it, it's nice weather today. This weekend's going to be gorgeous. Go down there. You got plenty of places along Main Street. You can eat all sorts of fantastic restaurants unique shopping experiences, and you can check out their calendar of of events. For example, this weekend that we are currently in, February 18th and 19th, recurring daily at the St. Charles Convention Center, they have the Great Train Expo. It's the nation's only coast-to-coast model train show uh, designed for the general public, modelers, hobbyists, families, people curious about it. And it's it's always kind of cool because that's a little bit of a lost art, the uh, model trains. People used to do it all the time, and there's still a vast number of people who do it. You can check that out. Plan your entire trip. Go to historicstcharles.com. Take a look at their calendar of events. Plan some fantastic dining. And, of course, catch your Pokemon all at historicstcharles.com. We are going to go right to the phone lines because we have a jam-packed show. We are joined. If you're on uh, Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you've doubtlessly seen some of the awesome covers that our next guest has done. Mr. Ross Parasol from... Brave and bold lost dot blogspot.com. Ross, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let me start by asking, where did you get the idea to start doing these kind of crossover covers like you have on your on your page? Well, I've been a lifelong comic fan my whole life and uh, always loved the team up comics or comics uh, with teams like Avengers or Justice League. The more characters, the better. And about... Uh, Jeez, it's got to be seven years ago now. 
I started to do these covers on a message board just for my own personal entertainment and showed a few people. Uh, my favorite comic uh, was Brave and the Bold. Yeah. And I always, as much as I loved Batman and the Outsiders, I was always bummed that Brave and the Bold was canceled before I thought to some of my uh, team ups that I'd always wanted to see. I wanted to see Batman and Captain Marvel and Batman and the Jim Starlin Starman and yeah. a bunch that they had never gotten to, even like Martian Manhunter. And so that's what it started as. I, I tried to make mock-ups of if Brave and the Bold had continued beyond 200, and I tried to use Jim Apollo artwork where I could. This is what it might look like. Then I started to branch out and uh, do more and more varied characters. Then I started to add in Marvel characters. People on the message board got a kick out of it. After a while, I switched to Marvel 2-in-1, two, uh, two doing the same thing with the Thing teaming up with DC yeah. characters and characters from elsewhere. And after a while, I decided to blow the doors wide open with Super Team families, and so I could have any kind of combination between two characters. By then, I had done so many covers that the few people that uh, saw these on the message board uh, some commented, hey, you should start a blog and do these. And I said, oh, all right, I guess I will. I started it, and I've <laughs> continued ever since. It's, it's just kept going, and uh, it's, I'm amazed that here we are seven years later, and I'm still doing it every day. And you could never run out of combinations, too. You'll probably be able to go at least another seven years and still not be uh, com- combining all the different people that are out there. Like, you've got one recently from the first week of February here, Han Solo and Star Trek, for crying out loud. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love doing the uh, Star Trek and Star Wars characters together because there's always been such kind of a rivalry between right. those two fan bases. So it's fun to do. And, and yeah, that was the main reason I switched to uh, Super Team Family. You know, as much as I loved... Batman and doing the Batman team-ups and, and and even the same deal with the Thing team-ups, having one character as an anchor that could get repetitive after a while. And so this way, it, it never gets old, frankly. So there's really just a bottomless pit of ideas. And I know those, those super team-up books were very popular in the 70s and even into the 80s. Like you mentioned, Brave and the Bold. I was always a huge fan of DC Presents, uh, which was obviously oh, yeah. the first appearance of the, the new Teen Titans in DC Presents number 27. And you mentioned oh, yeah. uh, the Marvel, the Marvel two and one, the Marvel team ups. I wonder why those books kind of faded off. Brave and Bold tried to relaunch uh, back right before the New Fifty Two kicked off, and it didn't seem like it did well. I'm not sure why those aren't more popular. Well, you know, it's it's a different type of storytelling that we have today. You know, those were a lot of done in one stories, and you just don't see that any anymore. It's all written for the trade now, and four to six issue story arcs, or even longer or comics that are crossing over into 10 other comics. It's almost like there's no place for a simplified, done-in-one story that didn't necessarily tie into any other continuity. You know, that's something I loved about Bob Haney, who wrote those Brave and the Bold stories. He was like, continuity be damned, as long as (laughs) we've got a fun story to tell in these 17 pages. Let's tell the story. And that's kind of my attitude with these covers. It's... None of them really make sense, but that's part of the fun. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Brave and the Bull. I think it's number 68 where Batman and Metamorpho team up. Joker, Penguin, and Riddler are the bad guys. And you got that that huge uh, giant Batman on the cover uh, swinging at Metamorpho. That's one of of my favorite Brave and the Bold comics. The Bat-Hulk, yeah. Yeah. And it's just that one-off. It was was a one-story. Boom, moved on. It didn't necessarily have to tie in with the Batman running uh, title at the time. Well, they, they, they started calling it Earth B after a while, either for Earth Bob Haney or Earth Raven the Bull, <laughs> but just to explain how, you know, Wildcat was on the same Earth as, as Batman. Right. And, you know, 
there, there's so many continuity errors that they gave him his own little corner of the multiverse, which I loved. And you can tell you're a fan of those, too, because I, I, I'm a visual guy. I was telling my producer, Joey V, earlier before the show started, I said, man, I, I know just looking at some of these comic book covers, I know where you pulled that image from. And I know where you pulled this image from. Like you had Sabretooth and Catwoman. The Sabretooth is off an issue of Marvel Age. So how much work, how much time does it take you? I, I assume you do with these all in Photoshop or do you have a different uh, process with these? Yes, in Photoshop. I, I started with um, MS Paint. And if you look on my blog and you go back... You can really see the, the progression, all of the Brave and the Bold covers and all of the Marvel 2-in-1 covers in the first 300 or so Super Team families were all MS Paint, um, which was a lot more painstaking right. uh, to do. And, but then, yeah, so when I uh, moved to Photoshop, it really opened up a whole new world of possibilities uh, for me and, and different types of uh, covers that I could do. Um, I still usually start with MS Paint, just fooling around with images and just to get an idea of what I want to do with the cover just because it's faster for me. Um, but then once I've kind of settled on the images I want to use, then I move into uh, Photoshop. And it takes me about, you know, it takes me just about as long as it used to. It used to take me a long time just because it took me a long time. Now I'm a little faster at it because I'm, I'm just better at doing it. But I've done so many of them. The more I do, it's harder because I try not to repeat images and, you know, I try to keep it fresh. Right. So just to find new ideas. So a lot of time is just spent looking around and searching and and trial and error with different images to see what works before I settle on something. But once I do, I can usually get the cover out in about three, three and a half hours. So I try to try to get it so I can maintain my day, uh, cover a day pace. And so far I've been able to. Yeah, and I see you've got uh, the last one uh, from uh, Friday was number 1771. So you've obviously been at it for quite a while. That's impressive. Oh yeah. And well, if you count the, the other titles uh, I've done over 2,382 covers have been posted so far. So, and uh, we're going to keep going. Good, yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and I'm I'm, I'm shocked. I went to your your Twitter page. And I'm shocked. You know, where people following you on Twitter, I because I see your images all over Instagram, all over uh, Pinterest. Uh, it's so if, if you're listening right now, do me a favor. Go to Twitter at Ross Parasol P E A R S A L L. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, and make sure you check out the website itself, which is Brave and Bold Lost Blogspot. Dot com. Ross, I, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. We're going to have to have you back when I've got a little more time uh, to chat at length about some of the ideas you've had and things like that. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. Best of luck to you. Uh, we'll have you on again soon. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the boys from Toner Low Network after this. Great hair. May the force be with you. This is Susan Eisenberg, voiceover actress, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. And this segment powered by the Nerd Out app. If you're on your mobile device, your tablet, your smartphone, your iPad, your iPhone, you can download this. It's just Nerd Out. And it's got all sorts of cool things you can do. You can create a profile. Start with that because everyone likes to create a profile. 
Uh, there's uh, links where you can check escape rooms in your area. You can search for conventions and nerdy things happening in your city or close by your city. Uh, check out cool cosplay images. Get some ideas if you're a cosplayer. Uh, they got all sorts of different apps and buttons you can take from there. It's uh, basically a nerdy calendar. And it's an application you can download right on your smart device. So check them out. This particular segment, as I said, powered by the Nerd Out app. And speaking of nerding out, we're going to go to our next guest, Ron Teal and Kaz from Toner Low Network. Guys, how are you? Hey, doing all right. How about you guys? Doing well, doing well. So, uh, yeah, we uh, congratulations, by the way. You guys just passed over 3,000 followers on your Facebook. Uh, so congratulations, kudos for that, uh, that little milestone. It was a lot of dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I need to dance more. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting up. Right, that's what we had to do. Well, see, I guess I need to do more dancing. Is it, was it a sassy jig or was it more of a sachet? It was more of like a sexy fan dance for my oh, boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. I'm, I'm going to pass. I can't pull that off. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been, what's been going on? I know we've checked in with you guys, I want to say a couple months ago. Uh, what's been new and going on in, uh, in your world? Oh, wow. Uh, so much has been going on. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, the Super Ultra Mega Nerd Rager Palooza Extravaganza coming up. Uh, we've been talking NES Classic. Yes. I mean, that one's really been a milestone, and everybody's trying to get their hands on one, and I, I think I've been digging around for one, right? Yeah, we've been, like like Kaz was saying a second ago, the ridiculous mouthful uh, that he disputed out was a <laughs> super ultra mega nerd rage palooza extravaganza. It's a, a party that we um, like help co-host um, the last, last year. And now this year, uh, one of our friends basically throws a geeky nerdy party where everybody comes and hangs out. There's just a lot of music. And uh, this year, Ming Chen from comic book men is going to be oh, down very cool the party. And, yeah, like, and we're, you know, talking about giving away prizes, and one of the things we were looking at giving away was an NES Classic, or the NES Mini, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, but, you know, there's a rumor going around right now, and, like, I guess some of the European retailers trying to get uh, a next order of the men, mm-hmm. but pretty much no response is given, and huh. they're kind of hinting at uh, there's probably not going to be another batch after this. Really? Uh, the second one they send out. I wonder why that would be, because I know everybody at Christmas time, I, I was just going to grab one just because I, I love my retro gaming. And I was going to grab one. Everyone's like, nope, don't have them. Nope, sorry, we got like four in. We ordered 20. We got four. They're gone. Uh, I wonder why, yeah. with that kind of demand, why they wouldn't produce more. It just doesn't make any sense to me as well, but it could be also another push for a different market. That's the way I'm kind of looking at it. With the success of the NES Mini, they, they are the classic. They can easily just go, well, we sold them all. Anything that we ever supported, we sold them all. It's an easy, it's an easy shoot, and the stockholders will look at it and go, wow, that, that really paid out. Well, what if we do a Super Nintendo uh, classic? Or what if we do uh, a 64 classic yeah. or something like that? They're guaranteed those sales, and so it just looks good on Nintendo's numbers. And then, <clears throat> prepping up for their Switch event, they can go, they have the track record of going, hey, you guys like the Mini anyways, right? Yeah, well, we're going to put everything on the Switch. And so it kind of entices you to go, I wasn't able to get a hold of a yeah, Mini. Yeah, that's Let a good point. Let me get a Switch. 
I mean, a lot of this stuff, whenever, like, like he was saying, like with the, they, they've pretty much already um, patented the design and like the, the trademark for the Super Nintendo uh, Classic, the SNES Classic. Right. Um, now, that being said, you can make a, you know, system yourself. Like sure. Like a Raspberry Pi or, you know, something of the sort. And, you know, for significantly cheaper um, and have way more games on there than just the 30 to supply. But that being said, you know, owning the NES Classic is just kind of a, it's kind of a, a cool thing. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cute. It's tiny. It's designed well. And so everybody wants it. But as he was saying, you know, if if they limit the amount of sales that they have now going into the next iteration and the next design or the next version, they can almost guarantee they're going to sell because everybody wants to make sure that they get this one. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. They, it's they a, can get the last one. Because all the collectors out there, too, obviously, collectors are going to well, I have to have this, so they're going to buy it. Uh, so that's, that's oh, yeah. and if, if they want one of each, well, they're going to make a Super Nintendo one now. I got to have that one, too. So, yeah, that, that's a great point I hadn't thought of from a marketing standpoint. That is rather brilliant if they don't come out with any more. Yeah, it's, it's one of those double-edged swords. Well, also on top of it, like production models and things like that. Well, like, look at like Guitar Hero and stuff like that. They have to mark, they have to produce uh, or talk to their production line like six months in advance, and they didn't think it would blow up the way it did. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it could also be a miscommunication or that they're still sitting on their laurels or mm-hmm. they're waiting the other extra six months to go, well, wow, that blew up. We weren't expecting that. He, he's giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm far more skeptical of Nintendo <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's hard I to mean, say. Let's go with the Switch. <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you were uh, you were saying um, a little bit earlier while we were talking um, – that you just recently were purchasing some uh, retro games, right? Yeah, and I, it's ridiculous, too, because they were on eBay, and they were relatively cheap because I was looking for a NES Classic. And uh, I saw the price, and I'm like, well, I'll see if I can maybe hold off, find it somewhere else, because yeah. some of these people on eBay are wanting, like, $300 for it, which is stupid. Um, no one's going to pay that. No one's going to pay that. But I was looking, and they had an original uh, Star Wars, the original NES, and Metroid, and the guy had him oh, yeah. in the box... Real clean with the with the instruction book. I'm like, oh, well, I can get both of these for a third of the price of what you know the the classic would be. And then I realized, you know what? I don't actually even have a Nintendo original. I'm going to go out and buy a retro machine to play these anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've just been, I think that retro feel. People of our age now have money where they can go back and buy back their childhood. And I think that's one of the things. Obviously, Nintendo's capitalized on it brilliantly by bringing this oh, yeah. out at this time. But I think we all enjoy. I mean, the retro gaming is still very popular oh yeah i mean that's that's why you see so many titles nowadays focusing on the uh not necessarily just 8-bit but low bit uh design like hotline miami um mm-hmm. crypt of the necker dancer party hard yeah party hard um i mean bro force like there's there's a lot of these games that they go back and focus on the low poly versions because People enjoy the stylized, like the stylization that comes to these these kind of retro games. I, I also think that uh, even with a low poly count and a low you know grade quality, like, you know you go back to the eight bit style, right? Yeah. You can put more stuff on the screen with these higher processors. That's yeah. the reason why games like Broforce, where you shoot a brick or block or blow something up, and you just see everything cool, just effects. cool effects and 
you know, you just see the explosion and the blocks are going everywhere. Enemies are flying all over the place. It's, it's that sensationalism. You can get that sensation of like you're in the middle of the moment. Like it's just getting crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're talking with Ron I mean, Teal and Kaz from Toner Load Network. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. You mind hanging on for a minute? Yeah, no problem. Perfect. We'll be right back talking with Toner Low Network here on Geek to Me Radio. Stand by. This is Wacko of the Animaniacs, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. And do you know why? Because you know what's fabu. We are back on geek to me Radio. I am your host, James Enstall. We are joined by Ron and Kaz from Toner Low Network. You can find them on Twitter at Toner Low Podcast. And, of course, Facebook.com slash Toner Low Network, where they just surpassed the 3,000 mark. My Facebook page is jealous of you guys. Do you know that right now? My Facebook page is sending me messages <laughs> saying, what do we need to do? So uh, congratulations uh, again on that, on that uh, hitting that milestone. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like we kind of said earlier, it was just kind of a dance for a while. And I, I, I'm, more, I'm more inclined to agree with you. It was definitely a sassy dance because I have to deal with them all the time. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it was lots of sass. So we were talking about video games before the break, and I know you guys don't just cover uh, video games. You guys cover all sorts of stuff. So have you guys, do you have any, uh, the Oscars coming up in just about two weeks, do you guys have any picks for who might win Best Picture? I mean, honestly, like I've been trying to go through the process of watching all of the Oscar nomination films, um, but the only one that I I really think is going to... Like, I guess do significantly well because La La Land has been doing fantastic right um, across the board so far, uh, but so is Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't seen La La Land or Moonlight yet. Like I mean I've read the reviews and I've seen like a couple of the reviews for them on online and everything, but the only one that I really have seen is uh, The Arrival. Yes, um, and the arrival was really good. So I, I'm going to hope that it was that one because that movie took me for so many turns and twists. Like I had no idea what was going on for most of it. And by the end of it, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm in the middle of wow. watching that one right now. I've, I've seen a couple of the other ones, uh, but I, I'm in the middle of watching the arrival, trying to catch up myself and see which ones I can squeeze in before the thing. But so far I'm about halfway through the movie and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's really good. I, I like it a lot. I'm, I'm more interested in the clothing that's going to come out of the the, the Oscar. Because uh, <laughs> right? everybody dresses up, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just saw the Grammys, and CeeLo looked like he came out of, like he was an Oscar. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, he looked like one. You're going to count on CeeLo to be very fashion forward. That's that's uh, that's just CeeLo. <laughs> so I just I want to see the next iteration of, like, the next actor who loses it and just has to, do something extravagant. Well, do we know who's hosting it? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I ha- do we know who's hosting the... Is Kimmel doing it again? I, I, I think it was Kimmel, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kimmel's been doing it for a while. He's like, you know what? Billy, we're cool. Mr. Crystal, we're all right. We're, yeah. I'm just going to take you over, hold the reins and just let, let it run. I mean, yeah. everybody's liked him, so I mean... 
Kind of makes sense. Yeah, I can't think of an Oscar host that I I didn't really care for the Anne Hathaway James Franco team up. That was kind of just I don't know. It's not that they did a bad job. It's just I didn't care for them. I love Ricky Gervais. I love Ellen. Yeah. I think both of them, uh, the two of them, are fantastic hosts. I like the year that Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin co-host. I, that may have been that may have been the Golden Globes that they host. No, it was the Oscars, wasn't it? I. I think it was the Oscars. the Oscars, but yeah, they did a great yeah. job. So I think uh, it's a good thing to have the two of them, T- Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, hosting the Golden Globes. They did oh, a great yeah. job. So you got that combo; you can get it right. Something that just didn't sit well with the James Franco and Hathaway thing for me for some reason. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I I like I like both of them, but I mean, it wasn't really. Like, I don't know. I guess the the comedy wasn't quite as there. It didn't. It didn't feel like they riffed off each other as well yeah. as other duos. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's that's a good way to put it, I suppose. Yeah, but I'd, I'd love to see Ricky Gervais uh, have another crack at yeah. it because that guy cracks me up. Ricky Gervais is hilarious, and it, like flat out, he is hilarious and charming pretty much all the time. Right. I still like him in the office. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, in the, yeah, the UK, UK office. UK office. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a much overlooked classic, I I think for sure. So in the last minute we got uh, coming up here, guys, we got one minute left. What's uh, what's what are you guys doing right now? What are you playing lately? What's uh, what's new with you guys? I've been stuck playing Yakuza Zero. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hours. When you say stuck, um, you sound like you're not enjoying it. <laughs> oh no, it, it becomes a bit of a daunting task when you're like side mission, side mission, side mission. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Yakuza games are basically Japan Simulator, um, and you can do whatever you want in the game for the most part you can go and play a hostess uh, or a host for a nice club you can go and be a taxi driver you can uh play pachinko machines you can hmm. play clab uh, like claw grab machines i mean it's it's crazy heck this one has uh out outrun and yeah. space carrier yeah outrun and space carrier <laughs> like the classic games topic. and they're the full games you can sit down in an arcade wow. and play them inside of a that's uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Neo and uh, For Honor because I I, I don't know I, I I love those kind of games uh, I love the, the Souls kind of games where they're a little bit harder right um, and that's just been a lot of fun very cool very cool yeah I need I, that's the one thing about gaming is I wish I had more time to do it so I always appreciate when I can yeah. have you guys on to kind of uh, talk about gaming it's like I'm living vicariously through you oh yeah. <laughs> And so do I. <laughs> even the stuff that we do, we don't get to play games that often unless it's specifically for the network anymore. Because like our free time is kind of consumed by what we're doing here. So. Researching it. Yeah, it's like everybody's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Like I'm playing a video game. Oh, just sitting around being lazy. Like, no, I'm <laughs> no, no. Do air quotes here. Research. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you guys do a great job. Obviously, uh, if you want to follow them once again, Facebook.com/slash. Toner Low Network on Twitter at Toner Low Podcast. Ron and Kaz, thanks very much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. We'll always love talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah always. Thank pleasure. you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thanks. We are going to be back with Casey Walsh from the Geeks Worldwide with your weekly geekly wrap up right after this. Hi, this is Tova Felchu from The Walking Dead. I play Deanna Monroe, and I'm happy to be on Geek to Me Radio. 
And we are back on geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. We are joined now live by our friend Casey Walsh from Geeks Worldwide with our Geekly Weekly Roundup. Casey, how are you? Good. What's up, James? How's it going? Not bad, not bad. So uh, you said you've got a lot to cover this week, and I know there's a lot going on. Where shall we start? Oh, man. Do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> let's get the bad news out of the way first. Let's, let's get it out of the way. All right. So I feel like every time I come up, come on uh, the rate on your show, I, I have nothing good to say about the DCEU and Warner Brothers. Unfortunately, today is not going to be any different. <laughs> uh, it, sounds, it sounds like, uh, so at the beginning, I think last week when you talked to Danny, they had found a new director for Batman after Affleck had left. It looks like Matt Reeves was going to step in and take the realm or the, the, or the helm and, and move that ship forward. But it looks like only a week after that news came out that that is not going to be the case, and he has since departed negotiations and will not be directing the Batman movie. It is depressing because I I was so excited for the Batman part of Batman versus Superman because, in my opinion, my humble opinion, there wasn't a lot about that film to like. Ben Affleck did a great job as Batman. I loved all the Batman sequences, uh, and to find out he was going to be writing, directing, and starring in, I'm like, great. And then as we go on, it just seems like this is crumbling apart underneath them. Yeah, I mean, I've been in this industry for going on six years now, and I know a lot of people that work around the movies. And what sounds to me like what's happening is D, or Warner Brothers uh, specifically is really rushing to get that film made and get it going. And unfortunately, when it's a production that big and a character that big, it's not something that can be rushed. So right. we try to bring in these big directors like Matt Reeves and, and Ben Affleck and all these guys. Like they want to take their time and they want to make a movie that that they that they want to make. You know, what I mean, they want to make something that's special to them and can be special to an audience. And I just don't. It sounds like when they try to go in and have these meetings, that, that that's not what Warner Brothers wants. They just want a shooter to go in and shoot the script and get this thing out uh, in time before like the superhero bubble breaks. Is, and I, I generally don't like to be one of those people to say I told you so, but back when they first announced Batman Dawn of Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice was going to be the lead in to a Justice League movie and they were sticking and shoehorning all these characters in, I said they don't need to rush it. Marvel took their time. They don't need to play catch up. They've got fantastic characters. Don't rush it. I'm not sure if you heard the uh interview that I played last week with Neil Adams, but he does not like the DC universe either as far as what they're doing in their movies because they are not reading the comic books. They're not taking their time. Yeah, I did. I did hear a Neil Adams talk. Great interview, by the way. Thank and you. yeah, unfortunately that seems to be the case. And, and, and now a lot of people are calling for, you know, Jack Snyder to just kind of step in and take the role. Of Batman too. And I, that's a terrible idea. And that, and the reason that's a bad idea is because if you watch Batman be Superman, be, be Superman, he does not understand the Batman character at all. Right. Batman murders people. Batman drinks. Batman is not necessarily Batman outside of kind of being this billionaire playboy type. And granted, yes, Ben Affleck didn't have it the role well, but that's not the Batman from the comic book. That's, that's not the character that we've all kind of grown and loved. And, loved. and, and it looks like he is trying to write that ship with Justice League, but again, we don't know. And, and what, I'm, what I'm taking from this, too, is if Ben Affleck is not super stoked about jumping into the director's chair and being Batman, and, and also it's coming out, too, that maybe he is looking for a way out of the suit as well. Um, it tells me that that's, that means that Justice League is also rife with problems and may not be the savior of this universe like you all hoping it's going to be. 
Well, and we know that Flash has had trouble. They, they've they had trouble keeping a director. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what to say at this point other than if I if I was Warner Brothers and they had the access to all these properties and characters, if ever a franchise was in need of a reboot, and I hate reboots, they need to reboot this. Pull the plug, start from scratch, build it right, take your time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, as much as... It- as, as, as they are fighting the, the Marvel template, I really think they just need to look at Marvel and look at what they've done and kind of follow that template, and I think they would, they would be just fine. But I think the problem with them is they, they're so, such ego-driven, their executives are such ego-driven, and they want to be so different than Marvel, just, just to be different from Marvel, that they're, they're, right, they're putting themselves in this, this corner. And when they try to bring in these creative types to come in and, and helm their movies, they're, they're stuck in this corner, and the creative types are like, I, I, I can't do this. Like, I need to be able to... I need something to work with. I'm not giving these people stuff to work with. So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, few next month. It's going to be really interesting to see how well Wonder Woman is being is received and how well that shakes out because, honestly, I've heard not great things about that movie as well. Oh, no. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a weird couple of the next six months and, and <laughs> see what, where the, the Batman movie goes and, what, and what, how their other movies turn out. Well, let's move on to some good news. What, what good do you have uh, in the news? Uh, some good news, especially for Kevin Smith fans in, the, in the, his recent uh, delve into TV, is it looks like Kevin Smith is teaming with uh, Todd McFarlane and the BBC to create a Spawn spin-off, like police procedural, centered around two Spawn characters named Sam and Twitch, yes. who, are, who are the detectives in that, in that universe. Um, so I am very apprehensive of this, because while I love Kevin Smith, and I think he's a good TV director or a good director, if you listen to his... His Batman on the Batman show, while he is appreciative of all the work he's done on TV with The, the Flash and Supergirl, he's very upfront where he comes in and says, listen, I just kind of sit there and, and, and kind of do my, let, let everyone else kind of do their things, and I just kind of interject immediately where I need to. So it doesn't sound like he's exactly going in there and, and changing and, and, and putting his directorial stamp directly on those shows, but it, it does sound like he is going to be doing that with this one, and he's going to be helming it from go. Um, so while I'm excited for it, and I do think that if you're going to do a Spawn thing, this is probably what you want to do anyway. You don't want to necessarily throw in a, a Spawn uh, TV show. It's a little, maybe a little too dark and a little too out there for the BBC and, and television audience in general. Um, see the, the HBO series that was short-lived, but awesome. It was an animated thing. Yes. Very cool. Check it out. Um, but so I, I'm really interested to see kind of how this all comes together and how he- Kevin Smith handles like a very dark drama police procedural because it's really not something he's done before. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, I think I think he is good. I think he does know his stuff. And if there's anyone who can make it work, I think it definitely is Kevin Smith. Casey, do you mind sticking with us? We're going to take a quick break and come back and wrap it up? Uh, totally. All right, we are going to be right back with more from Casey Walsh from the Geeks Worldwide here on geek to me Radio. Stand by. Roger, ready to move out. Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin the Boy Wonder from the TV series Batman. You're listening to Geek to Me. Golly gee willikers, it's fantastic! And we are back talking all things geek with Casey Walsh from 
the geeks worldwide. So Casey, uh, I know recently I did a review for you of arrow, the last episode of arrow, which I found very weird because normally, uh, the superhero shows, as I mentioned in my review, don't do politics. We've seen them doing uh, gun episodes on gun violence versus gun ownership on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which you never see a gun maybe once in the whole, in all of Buffy. Uh, they do it on uh, some other shows. It seemed weird that Arrow did one when you've on the regular got people showing up with guns and everything like that. Uh, did you get any feedback from any of the other people from the Geeks Worldwide on that episode? Was I alone and thinking it was kind of weird and out of place? No, I think you're right spot on. I think we all kind of felt the same way. Yeah, when you, you can't really have a show about gun control when 90%, 99% of your characters use uh, guns. And even when the even with the guy with the bow and arrow is using it essentially as a gun. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah it, it, it becomes very an odd message or I guess a contradictory message when you um, try to say, hey, guns are bad, but then everyone on your show is using guns. And then literally the next episode, everyone's going to go back to using guns and they'll probably never mention any of that stuff that was mentioned in that episode ever again. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a very odd kind of hard right turn for them. And um, I don't think it's something they'll do again. Yeah, it, it was bizarre. Like I said, it wasn't, uh, I, I don't care personally what a person's politics is. That's their business. I don't care about that. It just seemed like, you know, for that show to do a topic about guns was a little out of the norm and didn't kind of, fe- it felt stilted. Um, but I was just kind of curious if uh, if I was the only one, because we didn't have a chance to talk about the article. But uh, yeah, it was very, very weird. But other than that, the DC TV episodes are doing really well. Uh, in a lot of cases, better than the movies are. We just talked about all the problems Batman's having now the flash. Uh, is there any, uh, let's, let's get back to some good news. What was some of the other good news you had going on? Well, let's stay on the, I guess on the CW trip, it looks like Riverdale is a huge success for them and good. they want to expand the universe a little bit more. So they've kind of fully taken under the Archie umbrella and it looks like Archie will be developing more shows for the CW. Personally, I'm really hoping for we get like a much more sci-fi, like supernatural-driven show, like maybe Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yeah, or Life with Archie, which are both huge successes for the Archie comic book brand right now. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And if they uh, if they can work out some kind of crossover with uh, Agents of Shield, so Archie can kill the Marvel universe, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I, I am sure, at least with the other DC shows, to make up some car- crossover because yeah, Archie is is known for having these off-the-wall crossovers with Punisher, Predator, and everything in between. So uh, I think it would totally work for them, 100%. And I've, I'm actually, I wasn't sure about Riverdale when they first announced it. I'm like, oh, really? And I know they just recently, what, about a year and a half ago, rebranded Archie, made it more young and hip, changed the look and the feel. Um, I was still unsure, but I got to say, I watched uh, all four episodes so far, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I love it as well. And my, my wife, who is like the girliest girl, California, blonde hair, blue eyes, not into comic books or any of that stuff, loves it as well. And the show is so well, it's just beautiful to watch. Like, you can just have it on mute and just watch it. It's just, it's so gorgeous. It's so well shot. It must be a fortune to shoot. I can't imagine that it's a cheap show in any means. <laughs> it's, just, it's one of the most beautiful shows on television, just visually. And that's outside of the, the story, which is very, yeah, very like, uh, I guess, very, uh, with that uh, Beverly Hills 90210 yeah. kind of meets like um, Twin Peaks, it's it's awesome. That's I a good. Really, that's really a really good way to put it. Yeah, it is. It is a very unique show, and I'm glad. I'm glad they're getting the viewership on it. So, Casey, tell people where they can find you online. 
You can find me personally at The Comics Kid, and you can also find all of our work and all the news we talked about here today at thegww.com. Casey Walsh, thanks very much. We'll do it again next week, and we'll be back with more Geek Talk next week. See you then on Geeks Me Radio. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in the way you love Scotty Young Art. It's not in the way you play Mario Kart. It's not in the way you look when you make him and throw references. That's a show. This is Geek Talk. Thank you, St. Louis. Good night.